control of information is one of the like most important like critical tools of tyranny i'm not i'm not a conspiracy theorist um in, in any stretch of the imagination but i do have a healthy distrust of things whenever there's bipartisan agreement on anything especially in today's political climate to me it just affirms that there is something that works in the interest of the business of politics it's my time yeah, yeah, yeah. it's What's good, good people? I am Merck, and this is Gaslit. For all my first-time listeners and viewers, welcome to Gaslit. For all my old heads, y'all already know what it is. So boom, man, it's been a crazy week. Um, before we get into anything, I want to thank you guys uh, for supporting, sharing the podcast, um welcome to all the new subs um good to have y'all hope y'all stick around for a while um i'm just overwhelmed man so i appreciate y'all for all the support i'm gonna do my best to make sure that your subscription your listen your view uh is worth your while so uh with that um let's jump into it all right so that's lit for this week um <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to give a that's lit to uh, Modern Family, like the show. The, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain. Over the last couple years, really starting with the pandemic, um, I am sure with a lot, a lot of other people started to go revisit old TV shows and movies that I hadn't watched before, but they were obviously wildly popular. Right? Uh, I jumped out with Game of Thrones. Honestly, it was probably one of the best decisions <laughs> that I ever made. I love Thrones, the uh, House of Dragon. I mean, I'm, I'm in the whole bag now. And I didn't I didn't watch a single episode of Game of Thrones until 2020. So um, I found myself going back and looking at stuff. I've recently kind of jumped back into The Sopranos. Never saw an episode before. I know, crazy. Uh, the Wire, don't crucify me. I've never seen an episode of The Wire. It's next on the list, but... Uh, these little clips on TikTok begin you some of these shows, dog. So I've been, I saw like a couple of Modern Family clips, and I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. Let me go get in the bag, y'all. I'm six seasons deep. I'm six seasons deep already. So you know, it's 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 crazy, like watching like some of the older episodes that were like from the I think like late uh, 2000s, early 2010s, and like the content. Some of the jokes, uh, you know, some of the uh, jokes about like race and gender and sexuality, because I mean that's kind of the premise of the show. Uh, it's it's crazy. We, it, I mean, we can go back to even like old and living color clips, old Martin episodes, you know, old sitcoms we grew up with, and the stuff they used to say, and what can be said now 
It's crazy. We've come a long way. I think mostly for the better. But man, some of the stuff, some of them jokes, I'm like, whoa, ain't no way you can get away with that in uh, 2023. But yeah, man, it's, it's great. So shout out to all the shows, all the folks out here that's that's going back and revisiting and refining all this new stuff. Um, and shout out to TikTok for putting me on again. Um, and we're going we gonna to obviously get into some TikTok stuff. But yeah, man, if there's any shows, any movies that you guys think are worthwhile to go back to visit or something that you may have revisited since the pandemic that you never saw and now you hooked, drop them in the comments. Let me know what they are. I'll check them out, too, so we can get on the same page. and We can get hip, man, because we behind, dog. We behind on a lot of this stuff. All right, on to straight gas. So, <sighs> these concert ticket prices, y'all, it's wild. I'm a, I'm a concert guy. You know what I'm saying? I, if my schedule allows, go to multiple concerts a year. Um, last year, I think it had to be maybe like six. I went to six or seven shows. Um, and I got, you know, five or six already lined up this year. But these tickets prices getting crazy, dog. Like, you know, I, I caught the Beyonce tickets, got those. We locked in. I was expecting prices to be absolutely crazy. But when we actually got into the actual sale, they weren't as wild as I thought they were. You know what I mean? Drake, on the other hand, I don't know who bruh think he is. Like he not, you know, obviously we know who Drake is. But these ticket prices, wild. And my first thought is like, I'm I'm fortunate to be in a in a situation now where I can afford them. It ain't no it ain't no sweat off my back to play it. But like when I was a youngster, like when I was going to concerts when I was like 19, you know, 20, 21, you know, it ain't no way. Like, <laughs> like it ain't no way. Like I I remember going to see Hove in like, I don't know, what, 2010. You know what I'm saying? Had 100 level seats probably spent $250 for, for two tickets. You know, uh, Beyonce, 2014, uh, floor seats, $500, two tickets. Beyonce, uh, on the run, tour, two, 2017, 16, 17. Floor seats, literally on the stage, like, like on the stage. Like seven, eight hundred dollars tops. I ain't even gonna tell y'all how much I spent for these Beyonce floor seats, dog. I ain't even gonna tell y'all because I'm embarrassed. But it is what it is. You know, certain stuff you pay for. This Drake though, man. I'm I'm not a huge Drake fan, regardless of what my Spotify top five tells me every year. But I want to go see dog, and he's coming to my city. On my birthday. So, you know, I want to slide. And I am going to slide. But I'm not going to do it happily. Because this is why. I mean, even like the Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, the whole thing, like with the Ticketmaster, the Live Nation. I went and did some digging, y'all. Ticket prices are up 30-40% than they were pre-pandemic. I know folks trying to get that, get that bread back. That they lost out for that, you know, 18 months. You know, yeah, 18 months. Two years almost. But, um... Yo, bro, it's it's we we getting jacked <laughs> straight up. Like it's a stick up, and you know all these fees and the ticket prices aren't 
for the most part, with the exception of Drake, aren't crazy. It's these fees, dog. Like between this whole Ticketmaster, Live Nation, it's a real deal of monopoly. I mean, I think um, AOC uh, mentioned something about this maybe last year around when the whole Taylor Swift thing was going on. It's like it's it's hard to break up these monopolies and everybody has to eat off those fees and it's just getting absorbing it like i i don't even i don't even know what to say but you know it's it's, it's we kind of in a chokehold we get into a point where uh entertainment just like <laughs> everything from eggs to gas like inflation people trying to get that bag tr people trying to get their money right as businesses um, and these artists are our big business. These labels are big business. They're trying to get their money off because everything is more expensive. And it just sucks that, you know, the consumer has to, to pick up the slack um, because of, you know, government and economic issues that are outside of our control. But we end up having to pick up the tab on it, as with everything else, uh, you know, see bank bailouts. But it is what it is, man. What do you do? You know, how y'all feeling about these ticket prices, man? Is it crazy? Like, do y'all remember being able to, you know, go get really, really great seats, you know, for under a thousand dollars? Like those days are gone. Are they ever coming back? I doubt it, you know. And if this is the new norm, I'm, I'm, you know, I used to, I, I chunk up a few hundred dollars just to go see somebody on a humbug. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they in the city this weekend. Oh, how much the tickets? Oh, last minute. Oh, I, I, I put a, a few hundred dollars down to go see somebody last minute. I mean. Future came to my city a couple weeks ago. Um, last minute, like an hour for the concert, I was like, nah, let's go." You know, put the bread down. Went to the went to the future show. I don't know how much of that is gonna be. If they out here, you know, these artists gonna be out here busting heads. I'm really just gonna probably just go see the the legends and the folks who I'm really into. But it's wild, man. You know, hopefully, hopefully there's some kind of stabilization that comes to it because, you know. I'm I'm a music head, man. I'm a, I'm an audiophile in my own right, and I just want to, you know, get the vibe, see the live performances, get to see these folks, and you know, do their thing that they, that I listen to. And if they're gonna keep busting heads like this, you know, you got to make you know, make make a reconsideration. You know, what I'm saying they charging rent prices out here for concert tickets, hundred level concert tickets, crazy. So let's talk about <laughs> being corny, like this whole. Michael B. Jordan situation, this whole uh, situation with him and uh, the interview that he had a couple weeks ago on the red carpet with someone who had he had went to school with who used to call him corny back in the day. And now he, you know, obviously is who he is. And she's interviewing him, asking him for an interview. And he finally, you know, get, get his moment to kind of run down. You know, um, I don't want to necessarily talk about getting into like the whole I don't want to participate in the whole kind of gender war dynamic of this, but I do want to talk about holding grudges. And when you prove your doubters, the people who didn't believe in you, who, you know, set the bar low for you, when you overcame and became who you wanted to be, you know what I'm saying? Did the things they said you couldn't do. That moment when you finally get to run down, you know what I'm saying? Like when you finally get to, you know, play in their face on, oh yeah, woo, woo, woo. I, I'm not one to hold grudges necessarily. Some people that know me may disagree. I don't care what y'all say. I'm, I'm not one to hold grudges, but I don't forget. I don't forget a transgression. 
I still remember. It's a little kid. I ain't gonna say his name because I, I think we he, we still might follow each other. That I went to like pre-K with, who snitched on me in pre-K over a toy that he got from McDonald's. I still like I still remember this. I still like. I ain't got no beef with him. But I ain't forget. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's uh, I, I got a teacher in high school that just flat out embarrassed me in front of the whole class while I was like like with a girl I was dating back then. Told her why you dealing with him? He ain't gonna be nothing. Woo In front of the whole class, dog. Like played on my top in front of the whole class. Um, man, I got a, I got this. I got this one. <laughs> old boss from years ago who literally we just did not have a great working relationship and i see frat on my linkedin when you can see who who's views your profile now he on there at least once a month trying to see what i got going on like at least once a month and i don't post regularly on linkedin so frat really typing my name in his search bar dog trying to see what's going on so you know it's I, I, re I remember all transgressions. I remember them all. Um, I don't hold no grudge against you. I ain't going to treat you no different kind of way. But once I've seen you, I'm, I'm going to get my shit off. I got to. I got to. You know, I got to. Y'all can call it pity. I ain't going to embarrass nobody. I ain't going to put you down. And I'm not, not going to make a public spectacle of it. It's going to be me and you. And I'm just going to have that moment with you to let you know, like, yeah, I ain't forget, you know. Just you know, I'm 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 not a believer in letting letting folks slide. You know, you 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 gotta you you gotta catch when you gave that smoke, you gotta get that smoke back. You gotta catch this back on the back around. But um, I'm curious with y'all, man. Like you know, is is that that whole situation like are uh, are uh, you know should 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 he had a been more you know graceful? You know, I know one of the things that um. Uh, one of my one of my mentors who's aware of uh, my disposition to remember things uh, always asked me like if you ran into you know these these certain people how would you react to them now and I told him just like I told y'all I'm getting it off you know what I'm saying one way or another and um, he'd always say you know there's there's a level of of, of of grace and in victory that you should have, you know, I ain't there yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe next year, maybe in five years, maybe in ten years now. But um, yeah, I I, I got to get that off. How you, how, you know, what, what, what do y'all think about that? Is 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 that is that something? You know, have you had a situation where you prove somebody wrong and then you you finally get to see them? Um, you know, did you take the high road and you know you know you know keep it play or, or did you really get it off? Did you, did, did you get your shit off? Um, share, man. I, I, I love seeing these kind of stories. I like seeing people get, they get back, you know, as long as no one's getting, you know, hurt or, you know, anything crazy happened, but I love to see people get, they get back. Cause it's a lot of haters out here. It's a lot of haters around you. A lot of people that put you down. A lot of people that can say this, that, and the other. And when you finally get it off and you, him, or you, her, you finally, her, you finally him, you gotta get that back. And I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it at all. All right, let's get lit. Um, as you guys know, the the kind of the, the topic of the podcast, the, the title this week is The Clock is Tick 
TikToking. Um, so for some of y'all that may not be aware, TikTok, who's owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese-based company, um, there's, there's, you know, we saw this with the Trump administration. Now there's, you know, movement, like serious momentum in the Biden administration to push to ban TikTok domestically, ban TikTok in the U.S. Um, and there is, was and is bipartisan agreement on this TikTok ban. So to give you guys a little more context before I kind of get into my viewpoint on it, uh, as I mentioned, the Trump administration pushed for it a couple years ago, couldn't get it done. Uh, now the Biden administration is kind of going forward too. Uh, the initial kind of conversation was they wanted them to sell. They wanted TikTok ByteDance to sell their stake, uh, their interests to a US, US based company. Um, and it, 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 at that time, there wasn't necessarily the support, um, the legislation in place to be able to do it. I think Trump was trying to execute this via executive order. And it was ultimately kind of ruled that uh, he didn't he didn't have that latitude to make that kind of move uh, based on the powers that are, you know, within the executive order. But since then, a lot has changed. There's been a lot of lobbying. Um, uh, Meta, Facebook and Instagram are very much involved in, in this lobbying to now set the stage where uh, President Biden has and will have the authority and the latitude to be able to ban TikTok. They've already took it off um, all like like government devices, all federally uh, regulated government devices. And it's even some, you know, public schools who have also banned it in, in the schools in some states. So it's, this is a real thing now. This is a real thing. It's a real push. Um, and, and, you know, even the Biden administration is very adamant on, um, you know, making sure that it's known that this is a bipartisan bill. Um, Republicans are also kind of on the front lines with this, really pushing that this is a bipartisan bill. We all agree. Now, let me tell you something. <sighs> Whenever there's bipartisan agreement on anything, especially in today's political climate, to me, it just affirms that there is something that works in the interest of the business of politics. Uh, not the practice of politics, the business of politics. And trust me, politics is a business. It is not a public service. It is a business. So in the business of politics, uh, we can see where the, the the change in approach, as I mentioned, you know, Trump went with the Trump administration, tried to execute this via executive order. Uh, the Biden administration's approach is focused on a broader directive, focused on investigating um Technology linked to uh, foreign adversaries, foreign countries, and obviously China falls very neatly and conveniently in that bucket um, as this is kind of the, the headline that's really driving it. Now, whether or not concerns about national security, you know, and, and that being the, the true driving factor, um, that's that's above my pay grade. But what I can tell you, as I mentioned earlier, Meta is very involved and active in this conversation. And, you know, they've really leaned into stressing the importance of data security uh, and, you know, having, you know, our information uh, accessible to a Chinese company who can use it for this, that and the other. It's 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 hypocritical 
because Facebook, Meta, you know, Instagram, they, they do the same things. You know, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm a marketer by trade. And they they literally their business model is predicated on uh, selling users data, um, online behaviors to brands and companies uh, to be able to help them, you know, market and, and sell their products like their 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 entire business model is predicated on taking user data and selling it back to advertisers. So, and, and, and trust me, some way everybody's getting a hold of our information. Um, I'm not, I'm not one of the, the crazy people. I don't mind. Like some of the stuff is very much convenient oriented, but I have a different perspective on it. I, obviously because I work in the advertising space, but I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of sitting on this, 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 this high horse of data security. Um, uh, when really it's just that, you know, TikTok poses a threat to your data model because of, you know, the growth that they had. Uh, the exponential growth that they had in a very, very short period of time, um, the amount of users, both domestically and globally, that use the platform and the way that the actual platform um, you engage with the platform and use it is very different uh, in premise from traditional social media channels. And it's competition and they, and they feel it, and they feel in the heat from that competition as a lot of advertisers, a lot of companies are now really exploring TikTok as a new medium um, uh, to, to spend some ad dollars. So this this is this is about business. It's, it's, it's not about people. It's not about data security. It's about it's about bottom lines. It's about balance sheets and it's about competition. So aside from all the, uh, you know, political, uh, sociopolitical stuff associated with this conversation, I want to get into some of like the sociocultural implications of the platform and what a potential um, ban could mean um, on, on in a broader sense. So uh, there's an old Abe Lincoln quote, um, a house divided, divided against itself cannot stand. Um, and uh, I think this, this was a quote that he made uh, in a speech that was kind of in the climate of, of, of that period leading up to the Civil War. Uh, obviously speaking about the Confederate succession from the Union. Uh, in this case, I, I want to repurpose uh, repurpose that, that, that quote a little bit in that a house divided against itself cannot stand, but a house divided is of no consequence to those who own the land. Um, and that's, that's what I really feel like we're, that's a bar. That's what I really feel like the situation that we're in right now. Um, what TikTok has done um, is open up a door to a new way that we approach social media. I personally look at social media in, in, as we've gotten to now in three phases. Uh, we have the initial phase, which is very, very early on, you know, early Facebook, uh, MySpace, um, you know, even for, you know, those who know the Black Planet days, kind of in that vibe. I, I think of that as like Gen 1 um, of social media. Then we get into Gen 2, this iteration where we see um, Twitter and um you know, come to prominence in Instagram and we see the the expansion of the offerings of Facebook and who they, you know, broaden it out to be beyond just college students. Um, and then we have like this this Gen 3 that we're going in now. And I, I kind of put YouTube kind of in the middle of that Gen 2, Gen 3 space um, where, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, even back to again to MySpace, your digital community was like your home. We had the power to uh, choose who we could 
and wanted to open and close our doors to. Um, so we selected the the businesses, the people that we wanted to receive content from. Um, and in a lot of ways, it created this 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 echo chamber of thoughts, uh, beliefs, traditions. Um, so you're only surrounding yourself with kind of like minded, uh, like experienced people. Um, and, and, and it, and it really shapes your digital life to just echo the things that you believe, um, and, and, and parse you with people who believe those same things. Um, and it, and it gets to the point where I always like to touch on, uh, this, 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 this confusion and delusion with perception and reality, um, uh, perception is reality. Um, our reality shapes our perceptions. Um, and you get into this space where your digital life is very much a part of that. What TikTok has done um, is pivoted just a little bit to now it's kind of more of an open source, uh, open world digital community where the primary use of the most of the way most people use TikTok is I pick up my phone with the expectation to receive content from absolute strangers whose interests may align with mine in one capacity or another is very much more topical than I'm only I'm only seeing content from people who I've chosen to receive it from. So with this kind of open source digital community and TikTok really expanding as a search engine, um, which which you know YouTube really you know kind of struck gold uh, once it got up there competing, you know, and 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 beating Google in search at, at times. I know I'm getting a little a little more technical than I normally do, but um, I want to limit a point here. The experience on TikTok is very much different. And what it has yielded is we are communicating and connecting with each other domestically and folks all over the world. We're learning new things about things that we already knew. We're 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 picking up on new music. We're finding new shows, new artists, um, new ways of, of doing things in a house, DIY stuff. Like it's 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 a it's, it's a platform that's very heavily predicated on entertainment, education and information. And it's also given us an opportunity now to hear different viewpoints, hear people's perspectives in a different way that isn't filtered through traditional media, which obviously skews in, in, in the two directions. Um, it's, I really feel like it's, 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 it's given us an opportunity to hear these perspectives and kind of broaden our understanding. Um, and it's, it's really changing the way that we engage with each other uh, digitally. Um, so why the ban? Why is it, why is it a bad thing? For us, the users, consumers, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really that bad. Um, but for a political system that really draws its power from being able to polarize people into a dichotomy, um, then I can see why, you know, strangers from all over the country and all over the world connecting, conversing, sharing ideas and beliefs, uh, particularly via a medium that the U.S. government and the business of politics has absolutely no direct control or influence over yeah, I, I can see why, you know, that at the competition standpoint from and from those kind of lobbying against it, um, tech money is, is very deep um, in, in Washington, um, that the influence that it has is very deep in Washington. 
Um, and I can I can very easily see why in the business of politics, it'd be in the best interest to do so. But also understanding that the, the, the two party system that we have here, the power that it really has lies in getting us polarized on different topics um, and, and really kind of fighting for those folks that's in the middle. But if we're talking, we're connecting, we're communicating uh, independently. You know, that, that might be spooky. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's look, I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist um, in, in any stretch of the imagination, but I do have a healthy distrust of things. And um, it's, it's just so much going on with this conversation. Like my BS radar is just, just ringing off. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I <laughs> a Tom Clancy quote kind of comes to my head. I hate to quote Tom Clancy of all people. So I'll paraphrase. Um, uh, I think he said something, you know, along those lines, like the the control of information is one of the like most important, like critical tools of tyranny. Right? Um, information, the access to information and knowledge is 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 real power, um, and you know those who can kind of control and curate. Um, the content and, and, and flow of information, uh, you, you can control people. And, and we've seen that. We've seen that, you know, in, in the last few presidential elections, we've seen that when there's been these huge, <clears throat> excuse me, these huge sociocultural movements, conversations, um, whether it's on, on, on race, whether it's on uh, gender, sexuality, uh, we, we see that the people who control the flow of information and the content of information really have tremendous influence um, on how we position ourselves on issues that affect us all. And um, this, this to me feels like another attempt to control the flow um, and, and the, the flow of information and the access to information to be able to have control and influence um, on it in a way um, and like I said, that that to me is um, sketchy at best. But I'm curious to see how all this kind of stuff shakes out. Um, as with all things, I encourage you guys to go arm yourself with information, find your own understanding of things, and think critically um, around the things that you find. Um, come to your own conclusions based on, on your viewpoints and experience. Open yourselves up to the experiences and opinions and thoughts of others. Um, you know, who, who seem to be, you know, credible and thoughtful in their opinions and um, just maintain a, a healthy skepticism, even of the people, the companies and institutions that um, we trust. So let's we'll see how it shakes out. So, yeah, um, that's all I got for y'all today, man. It's, let's just continue this conversation. I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I love to hear you guys' kind of opinions on it. Uh, so please share them with me. Um, drop them in the comments. Uh, shoot me a DM. You know, let's strike it up. I'm, I'm curious just to see what other people are kind of feeling around the climate of this. And um, yeah, man, um, don't forget to like and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening, um, via YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever the case. Um, again, hit me, link, connect with me on IG and TikTok. Uh, Big Merck, uh, B-I-G-G dot M-E-R-K is the same on both platforms. 
and yeah let's keep this thing running man so um as always till next time pull up stay up and get lit i'll holla y'all uh back at it another crack at it i'm a fiend for it like a crack addict this is mathematics try and match it or add it the mad addict far from average a savage call me luca from atlanta to dallas i'm a man